someone walked out. <laughs> right. We're doing a live recording here of Nerds Eye View, a podcast on the Benview Network where we talk about uh, movies that are out in theaters and all kinds of fun stuff like that, TV shows, yep. whatnot. Uh, this is Thomas Willett. Hola. We got Jordan Scott. And I'm Andrea Lindy. Glad we got some fans. Yeah. Uh, so our show, uh, we're doing a kind of a different format. So if you're a regular listener, if you're going to go back and listen to other episodes, this is a little bit different just because this is live and, and uh, we're going to just review a couple of uh, movies, uh, give our take on it. And then at the end, we'll do our famous guess the ending segment, uh, which is kind of a fan favorite. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's what we're doing here. Yeah, but this is episode two ninety one of Nerd's Eye View. I'm Jordan. You're Andrew, and you're Tom. Let's yeah. get this rolling. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's open up with uh, a review of Hell or High Water. Uh, this is a, a film that just came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, There's and so much good in this movie. It's yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. I could have used some great though. <laughs> but it was not what you uh, were hoping for? Well, it was what I was hoping for, but the trailer was just boring. Oh, I love the trailer. It's like, oh, there's Jeff Bridges doing Jeff Bridges' thing, and I don't care about Chris Fine at all. I don't think I saw the trailer. I think I just saw the poster, and I was like, yes, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that. Uh, so the basic plot is that Jeff Bridges is a uh, Texas Ranger Yep. Uh, who is going after a couple of bank robbers who are the, the brothers that are played by Chris uh, Pine and Ben Foster. Uh, and I have to say, this was a real breath of fresh air for me, because I thought, I, after seeing Star Trek Beyond, I thought, maybe, maybe I don't like Chris Pine anymore. <laughs> maybe I'm just over him. That's possible. Uh, and he's really good in this. He's really he's actually great. acting, and that's really, that makes me happy. It was nice to see him do that again. Well, at least someone was acting in that movie. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. Who, what, you just didn't like Jeff Bridges? Was that no, your whole it's beef? Like, hey, he's doing that I'm talking funny guy voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it was too similar to Rooster Cogburn? Uh, Rooster Cogburn had dignity, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess you could say that. Um, I don't know. I found uh, the dynamic between uh, Ben Foster and Chris Pine, I thought, was really, really good. Yeah, that was fine. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was a perfect representation of that relationship. You got so much from their interaction, and I love the way the movie and uh, and their interactions throughout the film, as you kind of learn the story of why they were doing this and why they were on this road together. Uh, you just learned everything you needed to know about them, and it really culminates at the end of the movie. You understand why each of them made those decisions and why why they end up where they end up. Mm-hmm. And it's I think this film is an incredible uh, thing to watch just for the writing. I think the writing in this film is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it was written by um, Taylor Sheridan, who did uh, Sicario. Yeah, which we loved. Yeah, so uh, much. That that film. Yeah, was so good. Emily Blunt. <laughs> And uh, Benicio del Toro and uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, I said Emily Blunt. Uh, and then John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal. He's like the secret oh. best side actor ever. Yeah, but that that story, that movie, I think was really good because of the script. Yeah. Because where where it ends up with each of those characters in that film is kind of oddly similar to this film. Yeah. Where some people are just 
they're never going to recover and things are never going to be the same for them. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's still, it's still really interesting. I don't know. Did you have more beef with it, Tom? I'm really intrigued. No, it was just a middle of the road movie. I don't know why it has 99% Rotten Tomatoes. When I bring it up, everyone talks shit on me. It's like, it's not that good. It's not Godfather good. Drop it down to like 78 or something. Did you not like Sicario? I honestly have not seen it, though I've been meaning to, because mm. Dennis Villeneuve is pretty good. Mm. Did yeah. you see Star Trek Beyond? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like Chris Pine better in that or this? Uh, I liked him better in that. That's odd. Wow. That's very... <laughs> what, why? Why? Yeah, please. Because at least that movie knew what it wanted. What did it want? I don't even know what it wanted. Yeah. It wanted to well, use that Beastie Boys Yeah, song. we're not going to uh. talk. Okay. I thought there was going to be more to it. I no, I just enjoy it. There's action and stuff happening, but there I'd was... say both are about same otherwise. Like, good entertainment. I wouldn't really recommend them as great, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. I don't know. Do we want to talk about spoilers at the end? Because I... I mean, without saying anything specific, I love that this, because there seems to be this uh, this trend in in writing for films now, where we're either going to tie everything up at the end of the movie, or we're going to leave a couple loose loose ends for sequels. And this film is very strong in that it's just like, no, not everything's going to be good at the end. Well, we know what happened as an audience, but the the characters this story may or may not be done for them, but that's okay. We don't need to see that. This story is about the brothers and what they went through, and that story's over. We don't yeah. need to keep going. That's the one part I did like about it, but I just wish it was more interesting building up to that. Hmm. It's like, oh, here's your generic uh, I Rob a Bank movie. What's another generic I Rob a Bank movie? Uh, let's see. I said on Twitter the other day that this was just a lesser version of No Country for Old Men, but then I got flack for that when it's basically... You think it's more like The Town? Yeah, I would say The Town, even though I've totally forgotten that movie besides yeah, being Affleck with that funny accent. I remember Jeremy Renner in The Town. That's what yeah. I remember. Those are the good times. Yeah. So did you like uh, the character of Texas in this movie? The character of Texas? Yeah, they had a lot of like little side characters that had just moments of just showing what like kind of life Texas was. life is. Oh. And there's all like the billboards. The, there's that, like the old waitress that's talking that kind of mean. character, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that waitress character though. It's mostly because I'd be mad too if you try to steal my money. What do you, you think about the posse at the end that tracked him down? Because that's what I mean by Texas. Like that's a state yeah. where everyone has a gun. So that last bank robbery does not go well. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the ending's fine. It's just everything building up to it is a little slow and not my thing. Okay. All right. Uh, shall we feel that way. move on to the next film? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so now uh, let's talk about War Dogs. Uh, came out a, like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the new film from Todd Phillips starring... Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. That's them. I, I was looking forward to this film, and then I watched it, and now I, I want to forget it. Yeah. I want to forget it exists. It's not, it's not good, guys, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. I mean, there, there are like a couple funny parts, but it's, it's more flash than substance. Yeah. I didn't... I, 
I don't know why it was trying to be like kind of artsy at times. It had like the title cards. What was yeah. that all about? Yeah, I know. Trying to be the Wolf of Wall Street. But no, even uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, with that. Oh, look at us. We're fancy and we're mean and we're doing everything. And they're just doing all kinds like, of drugs yeah. and running guns. And I think yeah. the part like, I only enjoyed about the movie was his dumb laugh, Jonah Hill's laugh. I didn't even like that. Yeah. What's what's with this here and dumb laughs? By the way, first we get the Joker, now we get Jonah Hill. <laughs> Yeah, the whole year. Yeah. The whole year of these laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, and it was all very, uh, I mean, like Bradley same Cooper. as everything else. Yeah. Bradley Cooper was kind of good, but yeah. he was barely there. That's his, uh, he was oh. th- He was the most interesting thing in the movie. Yeah. Was Bradley I'll, Cooper. I also just, I'm really tired of a movie starting at like a crazy exciting part in the middle. Yeah. And then it's like, I bet you wonder how I got here. Yeah, and then we jump back. Three years. Know. This yeah. movie jumps back three years. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why? Just just tell us the story. Yeah. We don't need to see the naked guy you're massaging. Yeah. We don't see that. Yeah. Don't, don't need know. it. I just, and, I don't know, it just felt very, like, well, like weak. I don't know. Was, did someone in a boardroom be like, hey, there's that Rolling Stone article. Let's make this a comedic Lord of War. Yeah, except the Rolling Stone article had fangs and stuff. I actually read it yesterday because I had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. There's 20 pages. Um, it's actually a whole lot wilder. Like, every other paragraph seems to be, they woke up, did some weed, and went to the government website. And that's how it seems to go. And what's weird is... Bradley Cooper's character was supposed to meet them in France and not Las Vegas, so I feel like that's Phillips' little hang-up right there. Hmm. Yeah. Like Otherwise, Vegas? it's amazing how similar it is. It's hmm. pretty faithful to that story, mm-hmm. but I still think the article's a lot better. Mm-hmm. I also kind of get tired of in movies. I feel like they run out of money. Like when they get to they get to casting the female characters, they just kind of like go real big. And then I I've never heard of this the woman who played. Um, uh, Miles Teller's girlfriend. Yeah. And then she... Hmm? Yeah, I don't... What is she in? There you go. So that's her biggest credit? Okay. So says you. Derek says Knock Knock is a big movie. Uh, yes, but who's there? <laughs> but I... And, and she was like kind of a downer than the whole movie. It's like every step of the way, like they want to do something, you know, awesome. And then uh, she steps in and is like... Oh, but I don't like it. Or oh, you lied to me. It's it was just so it was boring. She could have been like so much better, and they could have had a more interesting story. He means the writing, not theatrics. Yeah, I think I've never heard of her, but she was good. But except for the part where she's just the downer. Yeah, the whole time it's her that job. Character to is the downer. Get mad at him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Makes it kind of a, a weird bummer yeah. in the middle of all this uh, wacky madcap comedy yeah it's trying so hard to make you like it mm-hmm. i don't know but in the end i just i think i hate it that's uh, about average for me with todd feels like yeah i would watch that if it was on a tnt or something but not even for 20 minutes yeah. so <laughs> not so, even for 20 minutes yeah because you know i got life to live commercial break to commercial break and he's out yeah my god otherwise i that was okay yeah. Again, the selection of movies this week was terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I feel like I've also liked Miles Teller in more things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then he comes out with stuff like this. In Fantastic Four. And um two two night stand, what was that called? Or What? There was he's in a couple of weird ones like that where it's kind of a romantic comedy but 
it's more comedy than romantic, and it's not that funny anyway. It's what? really... Miles Teller needs to be in more movies like The Spectacular Now. Uh-huh. That was a good movie. Yeah. That came out like a Three year or two ago. ago yeah. yeah. He needs to get back to that. Yeah. And then I'll be happy. He needs to play alcoholics is what you're saying. Yeah. Even though that's hit and miss, 50-50, as the movie would say. Because there's Spectacular Now, and then there's 21 and over in Project X. Like, is he in Project X? That's what IMDb says, wow. and I'm not going back to find out. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I'm not legally allowed to hate movies, but I didn't think it was that good. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, and Jonah Hill is just still a thing. He's yeah. just Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, that's enough on War Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Next. Kapow. Uh, our last little review here that we're going to do is for uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, this is the newest uh, film out of Leica. We're keeping with yeah. the theme. Uh, yeah. There's a theme? The theme? Of movies with guns, I guess. I don't know. There's no guns in this. Magic guns? Magic guns. There's they magic guns. They shoot magic at each other? Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, Tom, you like this movie studio a lot. I like a Leica a lot. Yeah. Tell, wh- why do you like Leica? Oh, I just feel they're doing a lot of great things with animation and storytelling right now. Like their mix of stop motion and CG animation and making all these great outsider stories that would appeal to kids, but they're darker and feel more ferocious and interesting. Like, it seems like every year I go back to revisit Coraline, it still holds up how freaky it is because it blends so well and they've only been consistently good since. And I definitely think Kubo is definitely up there, possibly their best but i need to see it like six more times to figure that one out six yeah <laughs> wow that's pretty good but and you love paranorman yeah and box trolls has grown on me <laughs> that's good jordan do you do you like their stuff i've never seen one of their movies before. boo i could have sworn you'd seen a uh, paranorman no oh okay so this was my first foray mm-hmm. and as soon as i saw the trailer I wanted to see this movie. Yeah. So and what? It, how did you feel about like the art style, the look of it? I loved it. Mm-hmm. It I. It's just a lost art, really, because everything has this texture to it. Because most of it is real. It's real objects moving. Like uh, spoilers. If you stay to the end of the credits, it shows how they designed one of the scenes where they're fighting the giant skeleton, mm-hmm. and it's sixteen feet tall. The skeleton that in the movie is this giant thing. And they're, they're crane operating it. They're moving it with all these hydraulics. It looks incredible. And when you see it in the film, it feels imposing because they really built the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it just translates so well. There are so many scenes where I was like, the lighting on this is perfect. And it's because they're using real lighting. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I kind of really liked, like, right away, this film had this meta narrative where it was Kubo is a storyteller and the stories that he's telling are kind of related to adventures that um, his mother and father might have had. And then that leads to his own adventure that he goes on, which is, in fact, the quest that he's been talking about in his storytelling yeah, for all, these, it. all this time. Paper mache represents stop motion in itself. Yeah, like, yeah, that's even a, like, I didn't even think of that. That's crazy. Like, this is, you know, they really went about telling a story that's about telling stories and is in itself like a really good story. Like it's yeah. really, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know. And I was very excited that Matthew McConaughey played a, a Beatle man. Yeah, that's that's always fun. Yeah. He's a good Beatle. Uh, 
but yeah, I just um, I really like this movie. I I loved the the villains for most of the film. The sisters, mm-hmm. they were amazing. Just the perfect amount of creepy and imposing, and they were dangerous in every scene they were in. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I mean, I can't think of one wrong thing with this movie. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, and it's also, it's very much a, you know, like a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get, you know, too complex with anything like that, but I, I think that works in its favor. Yeah. Um, having a very, like a simple quest storyline and these very, you know, beautiful visuals, uh, and it's drawing on like not, not necessarily like direct mythology, Mm -hmm. like anything that you can point to point to. But it's it's ideas that are in mythology and are in fables. Like like at one point, there's an eye that you're not supposed to look into, otherwise it will reveal some kind of truth, some secret. Yeah, yeah. which is like that's kind of taking on a bunch of different um, mythological concepts yeah. and making something kind of new. Right. Uh, which is a lot of fun because that underwater creature creature was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like is just this animation goes for it. Doesn't like. Go for your generic bad guy with no face and all this other nonsense that superhero movies do. It like actually tries to make you think of the power of cinema and makes you reconsider it because of just how cool it looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, but it's also complex. Like there's yeah. there's the hinted relationship between uh, monkey and beetle, and we find out later why. Like mm-hmm. they they have this bond, and it comes through before they even realize who they are to each other. Mm-hmm. And also in the scene underwater where Beetle saves uh, Kubo from the creature, the the eyes don't work on him because he has amnesia. Yeah, there's nothing that <laughs> the eyes can reveal to him, so they don't they can't hypnotize him. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's great storytelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's everyone needs to see it. I think. Yeah. yeah, and you, my friend, need to see the other three movies. I'm going to. Yeah, right now, like, okay, stop the panel. I would, let's go. I'm just all right. <laughs> I would say I don't know what's what's your favorite out of those original three before before Kubo. Like I mentioned earlier, Coraline's probably my favorite, and mm-hmm. then Paranoia and Box Trolls in that order. But I'd say they're all good mm-hmm. and definitely worth checking out. I think I put Paranoia higher only because I don't. Um, I'd read a, a, a graphic novel version of Coraline before seeing the film, uh, and uh, the film adds a character that I think is just completely unnecessary. Who is that? The the like neighbor boy. Oh, I don't know. I just I wasn't into that. So that's that. why they keep calling him Y B Born. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, and I just I don't know. I don't really care for box trolls, but you might find it. I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. I liked Nightmare Before Christmas and this. So. I've always famously forgotten. Uh, I've, I somehow think that you hate animated films. Yeah, every episode you bring that up. Yeah. That I just hate animated movies where that's not the every case. Every once in a while I say, oh, we're going to review this, some animated film, and you go, uh. I think it's just those particular films I'm not looking forward to. Uh-huh. And they always happen to be animated. Yeah, but I felt that way about Pete's Dragon because, you know, the dragon's animated, but. Uh, Pete's Dragon was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I can be wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll admit what was, it. What was your last favorite animated film that you can recall? Oh my god! I can't. Yeah, see, you don't like them. Yeah, that's it. Because I don't have a favorite. I hate all animated films. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's how that works. Okay. Uh-huh. Science science proves it. I don't know. Any last thoughts on Kubo? I'm definitely up there. I really like it, and wish it was doing better at the box office. And shame on all of you for not seeing it. What 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 do you guys think about? 
the controversy of it being a film about uh, Asian mythology and it having like two Asian voice actors um, in the whole film. What do you think about that? I don't know if I can defend it, but the CEO, Stephen Knight, I think is his name, had a decent point when he made when he said one of the things that Leica likes to do is cast against type. So they'll have, like in Box Trolls, Tracy Morgan played some white guy and there's a whole bunch of other examples of that where it's not who you think they would be. And so that's why you have Matthew McConaughey and all them in the supernatural roles and you have George Takei and the, the Oh My Guy role. I really don't remember his name, but... The grandfather. Yeah, like, that's his excuse and I kind of buy into it because I've seen the proof, but again, you're right on as far as it not being... Yeah, it's just a little weird to me. Yeah. But what can you do? I believe the grandfather was voiced by Ray Fiennes. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm talking about the, grandf- the grandfather in the village. Oh, sure. With a little girl buying, yeah. There's just grandfather. It's a grandfather movie. It's yeah. about grandfathers. Kubo yeah. and the two grandfathers. Yeah, yeah. Secret, secret title. <laughs> secret title. Yeah. Is that how that works? Yeah. It was at the <laughs> end. If you stay after the credits, mm-hmm. it shows you the secret title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so that's those are our planned reviews. Yeah. Uh, so let's get on to the fun segment that we do called Guess the Ending. Oh man. Uh, so every week. What we do is at the end of the show, uh, we look at what's coming out new in theaters, and we each pick one of those films, and then we attempt to guess how those films are going to end. Uh, because, of course, we are three experts on films. Uh, and after you see enough films, you just can kind of you see where it's going. Uh, so I don't know. Who wants to go first? Not me. For God's sake. Do I have to? No, I'll do it. Uh, all right, so coming out next weekend, uh, we have a film called Morgan, uh, which is uh, starring Kate Mara, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, and Rose Leslie, among others. Uh, the description of the film is a corporate risk management consultant must decide whether or not to terminate an artificially created humanoid being. That sounds, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, if you've seen the trailer, it's kind of like uh, they... Something has happened where this humanoid being, uh, played by uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, her name is Morgan, she's done something, uh, attacked someone, and they're, they're, so this, they send uh, Kate Mara to figure out, oh, can we terminate her? Can we get rid of this artificial being? She puts a, a pencil through her psychi- psychiatrist's eye. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers. So that's in the trailer. Yeah, I know. So when Kate Mara gets there, she's like, oh, this, this facility is like a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just uh, we built it real big. We're just using this section over here. So, right, so they're just showing her this one section. So then uh, they're, trying to, they're doing interviews with Morgan. They're trying to figure out why she attacked uh, her psychologist or whatever. And they're trying to figure out, well, what, what, what can we do? You know, this is a big deal. If this gets out, if the government finds out, if all these different things. Uh, but then, so Kate Mara is just kind of wandering around. And at one point, uh, there's like an alarm that goes off and they're like, oh, everyone stay where you are. And she realizes she can get through. There's like a door open to another part of the lab that no one let her into. And she goes and she looks and there's another Morgan in there. And then she keeps walking and it's just all these different cells holding all these different uh, clones of this one humanoid being. And she discovers that they've, they've just made so many of her and uh, some of them uh, look a little uh, distorted. They don't all come out right. Uh, in this cloning process and she's like I gotta shut down this whole facility and then they trap her in it 
and she has to kind of like fight her way out and using the Morgans that she can free uh, to help her get out. And so kind of turns into a really cool action film with uh, a lot of CGI clone work right at the end. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. Good. Yeah. I guess I'm going next? Yeah. Okay. I'm doing uh, Kickboxer Vengeance. Starring Dave Bautista, uh, Elaine Mousseau, or Moussi, I don't know, Gina Carano, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, this is coming out next week. It says, a kickboxer is out to avenge his brother. Stop me if you've heard this one. So, uh, of course, they're at Akumite, and the brother... <laughs> what? I'm sorry? What? And uh, they... Uh, Dave Bautista just destroys this guy's brother. It just messes him up. And uh, he's at the hospital with him. He's in, uh, I think they're in China or Thailand or something. And he doesn't know anybody in town, but he hears about this this fighter that uh, that won the Kumite a long time ago. And uh, and he's he needs to get trained by him. So he tracks him down, and it's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, having uh, tea with Jackie Chan. And they're having a good time. Oh, we got some heads turned on that one. And they're having tea, and they're just talking. Uh, and uh, they both say, you know, we can train you, but you have to beat our current student. And Jaden Smith walks out. <laughs> and uh, oh, wait, the only reason that they train him is because he sweeps the legs and uh and and knocks Jaden Smith to the ground which was you know as per the agreement so they end up all three of them train him and he becomes this super fighter and of course at the end of the movie he beats uh Dave Bautista because of the crane kick and uh and Dave Bautista you know doesn't ever fight again uh he apologizes and ends up paying for paying for you know all the medical uh, bills and and they get to go home with uh with winning the Kumite and uh, and his brother walking again, which was crazy because he was paralyzed at the beginning. I don't know. <laughs> Science is amazing. You know, the medical field has come a long way. So it's a happy ending. All right. I chose Zoom. I don't know why I chose Zoom, but I did. And it's about a multidimensional interface between a comic book artist, a novelist, and a film director. Each lives in a separate reality, but authors a story about one of the others. Stars Gal Garcia Bernal, Alison Pill, and more names that I'm not going to load on my phone. And so the story goes that the comic book artist and the novelist and the film director, somehow they all control each other's world. The novelist is J.D. Salinger, so he's a recluse, so he doesn't pl- fit into any of the plot, so that makes things easier. <laughs> and uh, the comic book artist is... Uh, trying to make all the big superhero stuff and the film director's like no 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 we need a uh, dang I'm not good at this uh film director needs big explosions or something and so they think heroes explosions heroes explosions they begin to argue and suddenly they start an all-out war between each other and suddenly the comic book heroes like comic book artists like you know what I need to start an academy for superheroes and hires Tim Allen to run it for him and <laughs> and so he goes about doing that. I never saw it the other Zoom, so you just fill in the gaps there. And um, the film director tries to just use explosions because the film director is Michael Bay. And so from there comes a big old explosion thing, and suddenly it turns out that the real hero was a novelist, 
because he turned uh, the film director into the catch in the rye guy who's a rebel and decided to take off because it's for squares and he doesn't like making movies. Wow. Wow. That's really something. Yeah. yeah. So many twists. Mm-hmm. Feeling peckish this midnight? Sate your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinera podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> Do we want to turn this around and get some uh, uh, audience participation going on? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some, some guess the endings that, that they want to do? That's just a question for you. I don't, I don't have, a lot, have a lot of ideas. Um, I don't know. I think this was a super short bonus episode with, mm-hmm. with smaller than normal reviews. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, please, let's have some questions. Oh so Derek is God. asking, top movie of the year so far. Starting with me? Uh, sure, Tom. Okay. The Lobster. It's an amazing movie. I love what it has to say about relationships. It's a great dark comedy, and Yorgos Lanthimos has been great for a while now. If, if you like The Lobster, check out Dogtooth. Alps is good, but you have to be in the mood for it. But Lobster is probably my favorite movie of the year. It's going to be hard to beat because the year is already eight-tenths of the way over or whatever, and nothing's come close. Uh, I'd have to say The Nice Guys. That's really, mm. yeah, that's a really fun movie. Not enough people watched it, uh, and that's that's the real shame. Yeah. That's a real, that's such a fun pairing, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Yeah, and don't uh, forget Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah, Richard Nixon shows up. Uh, and, uh, it, I mean, this is the film that introduced the world to Angry Rice, uh, and hopefully she's in the new Spider-Man, and uh, she's really good in The Nice Guys, and I'm very excited yeah. about that. And her character's really good in The Nice Guys. Like, The Nice Guys is so good on so many different levels uh, for me that I can't even, I don't know. I'm going to have to revisit Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because I famously don't like that film. Yeah, I know. I'm questioning myself now. I need to go back and watch that movie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, since Andrew took mine, I guess uh, I'm gonna have to say it's a tie because I I don't have favorites of anything. Jordan so likes it's hard. everything. Yeah, Ooh. it's hard for me to pick one thing and say it's better than anything else. So it might be a tie for me between Hell Caesar and Sing Street because they're just those are both good. Yeah. Yeah, they're completely different kinds of movies, but they're just incredible in their own way. One in captures like a time and a place of one in you know uh, Dublin and and just the the idea of of just people trying to get out of there as quickly as possible because they can't they can't have a life there that they want so they they need to become something greater than themselves and they do it through music so that's incredible and the other one is Hill Caesar which is just this crazy story about an executive trying to make this movie company work and all of the characters within that all have their own lives and their own wants and they're all doing insane stuff and he's got to keep it all together and it's just a beautiful movie so yeah. those for sure oh, oh boy i'll need a minute on this oh uh, yeah uh derek do you do you, what's your favorite movie of the year so far while we think on this oh yeah no no question okay derek also likes nice guys oh i never i didn't even see that Uh, 
biggest disappointment. Like I said, give me a minute. Yeah, still really, like 25 seconds. Really thinking. I don't even remember what came out this year. I need to look. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Usually, because it's funny, because when a movie disappoints me, I kind of like forget about it. I kind of just let it go. I kind of let it go into the yeah, ether. Yeah, I don't want to keep thinking I'm just about like, it. Like, I feel like in a couple of months, I'm going to forget about War Dogs. It's all going to go away. Because uh, I really thought that one could have been good. And that one wasn't. You should have lis- listened to Matt Benson. He tried to steer us away. He did try and steer us away from War Dogs. Ah. I don't know. Oh, maybe like Deadpool. I really, for me, that was like a very middle movie. And so many people are just like in love with it. And I just feel like it didn't, it didn't quite capture whatever I was hoping it would capture. Like it wasn't ruthless enough or something. Like there was something missing from it. It wasn't quite funny enough either for me. But it's hard to call that like a major disappointment. I don't know. Tom's still looking. Yeah, Tom's going to find something. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Yeah, oh we're probably goodness. not going to watch Florence Foster Jenkins Suicide as squad? much as you want us to, Phil. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'd heard that you loved it. That I'd heard that you were obsessed with Florence Foster Jenkins long before. And that's, I, how did you even hear about oh. this person? Finally right. found the one. All right, Tom has his disappointment movie. And I don't know if it's going to get a good reaction, but I was not wild about Everybody Wants Him. Oh, I thought it was not good. Yeah, it was like Richard Linklater was coming off of like Boyhood and Before Midnight had this great run. And I thought, okay, he's doing a Days and Confused type thing. And then it turns out, oh, it's just guys sitting around and drinking. And there's nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) You still don't have one, Jordan? Tell me, Jordan likes everything. Yeah, I'm having uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. See? Didn't even think of that because I just left my brain because I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about Batman versus Superman. It's not. It's an upsetting film. Uh, I'm still boycotting Suicide Squad. I watched it three times. All that I can do to be sure I really hated it. Did you watch? The I went back. Edition? No. Oh, that's why. It doesn't <laughs> oh, make yeah, sense because it, it took stuff out. That's it. Yep. That's the only reason. Yeah, they took plot elements out. Yeah. Of that's course. A, it absurd. all makes sense once you see the five-hour cut. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I could do that. What are we most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to The Founder. The Founder, it was supposed to come out already, and they pushed it back so it could get some Oscar buzz or something. And I don't care. I'm going to love that movie so much. Michael Keaton as uh, Ray Kroc. That's insane, and I love it. Um, I got one. I am really looking forward to La La Land, which is Damien Chazelle's follow-up to Whiplash, mm-hmm. mostly because we're overdue for a good musical, and... We haven't gotten one yet. It's been a few years, people. Get on with it. I don't have one. <laughs> you don't look forward to anything? I, I, you tell me what's coming out, and I say, let's watch this one. That's, that's basically my life that's true. with movies. That is very I don't, I don't, like, I enjoy the trailers before a movie, but that's, I don't, I don't look that far ahead. The only reason I only know about The Finders, uh, Founder is because it got... There was trailers a long time ago, and then they pushed it back for the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, those trailers look so good, though. That's gonna be. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a really good movie. Michael Keaton's great. Just Way McDonald's is gonna cater every event. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. They Can need I? To. I mean, if they'll bring back the McRib, that would be ideal. Yep, that's how they get the Oscar. If I get eat a McRib and watch the founder. Do you what? Do you think they should change it up and have Burger King? No, <laughs> no, no. Why not? Get out. <laughs> Let's, come on. I just want to shake things up. 
I don't know. Does anyone else have any other movie-related things? No. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just joking, Phil. I'm just joking. You're, I just knew that you were obsessed with it, yeah. and that's. Uh, so I'm on the record it. that Meryl Streep is not a good singer, so it's an oxymoron within itself to have her cast as a bad singer. Oh yeah, Mamma Mia. Yeah, oh and Into the Woods, which she got an Oscar nomination for. Oh yeah. Hmm. Good CGI in a recent movie. Man, that's tough. That is a little That's tough. usually our conversation with every movie. It's like, yeah, it was good, but the CGI was bad in this part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not hung up on that stuff. It looked fantastic in Kubo. Yeah. 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 I mean, it definitely made sense in Kubo when they did use CGI, although I couldn't tell all the time. I wasn't... I wasn't like looking for it particularly. Yeah, I mean that's when it's the best, right? When you don't notice it. Yeah. When when it just blends so perfectly into it. Because long gone are the days that they they get nineteen helicopters from the U.S. military and and fly them down mm-hmm. New York or something. Now it's all CG and it's so obvious. Uh, what was it that was super painful in uh, Olympus Has Fallen? Well, yeah. Both of those movies, White House Down, had horrible CG in them, and I just. I can't think of a movie recently that just swept me away and, and didn't make me notice how bad uh, it was. Even with Pete's Dragon, which I loved, uh, the dragon was a little like too cartoony for me. Like it was almost there were a couple parts, yeah, yeah, too bright or something. Um, I think I think the main problem is is where we're moving towards uh, a higher resolution in a lot of different media's. You know, 2K, 4K, and we've been going in that direction. I think a lot of companies haven't caught up with the quality of their CG. And uh, and you need to put a lot of money into it and to make it look good now. So, uh, probably the only one I can think of is Kubo, mm-hmm. um, because it does blend so well with their practical effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Rogue One is just filler to placate us. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, we'll have to see the film, but I. Th- I I really am enjoying how they're casting these new Star Wars films, uh, not against type, but like you know they're they're filling these roles with kind of indie actors and, and actresses where, um, like I would never have thought you know oh Ben Mendelsohn's going to be in a Star Wars movie and here he is the villain of Rogue One and I'm that's that's so crazy to me but I love it I'm just so excited to see that to see when uh, you know smaller actors get a chance to play something big and huge. Uh, and I, I think the only way it would be, I would consider it filler is if like the Darth Vader and Han Solo stuff is like so shoehorned in just to like, you know, go, Hey, remember this? This is, Oh, this is really, this is what you loved about star Wars. But I don't know. I think rogue one, uh, I'm not necessarily like thinking, Oh, I wonder how they actually got the plans for the death star. Like that's always been kind of a fun background mystery. I feel like, and kind of having a movie all about that is, uh, not super necessary, but I don't know. I think the the cast is what I'm excited about. That's really what I'm I'm for. Anyone? Uh, Why are you looking at me, I Tom? I, if you have any Rogue One thoughts, um, I'm still trying to see how long I can go before I see The Force Awakens because I don't care about that stuff. You've still never seen The Force Awakens? No. Wow, wow, good, good for you. Uh, 
I, I think there's interesting stories to tell in that universe, and we don't necessarily necessarily need to fill in the blanks like this one does. But uh, each of those films in the main series belong in a specific genre and have a responsibility to try and keep a tone and give us what we want as an audience. So to have these side stories, be able to tell different types of stories and and have them exist in different genres and, and bring actors in and and... I think I think it's a great space that they can make good use of and I hope it's good because that really is going to set the stage for future movies on these side stories. The what are they Star Wars stories they're calling them or something? I, I don't remember what they've <laughs> so, landed on as a uh, subtitle. I hope it's not filler. Basically. <laughs> so, I think we should kind of start wrapping it up. Uh, let's do our like credits and plugs and stuff. Okay. Uh, so, uh, thanks to, although you guys in the room didn't hear it, our theme song was done by Silent Partner. Uh, we got that song from the YouTube audio library. If you go to youtube.com slash audio library, you can check out that song and more. Our logo, which if you go to our website, nabpodcast.com, you'll see our logo drawn by Justin Kizan. Uh, uh, he writes for Agents, Agents of Guard, Guard. Uh, agentsofguard.com. Uh, Tom, what do you have to promote? Um, I tend to write about movies, TV, sometimes music. Uh, the Frank Ocean album's pretty good. Um, I write all about that at the optigrab.org website. As someone mentioned, the Oscar season's coming up. I also write about that at the oscarbuzz.blogspot.com. Check all that out. I also have stories published on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and smashwords.com. Just type in Thomas M. Willett. There's like 15 of them to check out. They're not very long. They're like 99 to 2.99. So I'm not asking a lot from you, but I'm asking for something. Jordan. I uh, I write for a publication called The Union Weekly. Sometimes. And I'll be I'll be I'll be working this this semester. Good. Don't worry. Good. She's this guy. And uh, I also. Uh, do some broadcasting and streaming for a website called GamerAssaultWeekly.com. I'm over at twitch.tv backslash GamerAssaultWeekly, and hopefully soon I'll be on Extra Damage. And, uh, yeah, you can find me. I'll probably be on some other shows. Mm-hmm. And be sure to check out our website, anyviewpodcast.com, and all the other podcasts on the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, in the room here we have uh, a whole bunch of Benview hosts, which is a, a real delight. Uh, for everyone to be here uh, and in this room later on there's going to be some live uh, episodes of their own uh, who's probably having uh, what, well later on is Popsicles okay. and also Radio Brendo Man Ooh. so that's really good Yeah. Uh, so be sure to check all that out uh, but until our next episode this has been episode 291 of Nerds Eye View I'm Andrew here with Jordan Tom. and Tom yeah. and remember listeners if uh, a suited dude comes up to you and says, hey, we're going to rob some banks. Don't worry, because uh, he's an international arms dealer and uh, secretly your father. This is all recording, by the way. Yep. <laughs> the famous <Hey>. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the ad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a line, but they just talked over it. <laughs> it was a good moment. Yeah.
everyone. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.